So hi everyone and welcome back to the Reading Materials Podcast. My name is Lucia and I am joined today by my friends Jess and Maria. Welcome back, Maria. <laughs> you... Thanks. <laughs> We've missed you. Aww. So this is our series wrap-up episode for our deep dive into A Court of Thorns and Roses. I just kind of wanted us to get back to get the gang back together and you know, finish off our discussion, see if there's any final thoughts on the series that we didn't get to in our 11 plus hours of talking <laughs> about this in the past few months. So I'm going to immediately put Maria on the spot because you've missed two books with us because you've been busy with real life, which is, yeah. you know, understandable. So what were your thoughts on the novella, The Accord of frost and starlight when you read it Ugh, i mean when i first read it i was like okay finally something new by sergio mass so i was excited for it uh and then i got to the end of it and i was like what did i just read you know because it's like i mean it's it's like it's medium trash you know obviously she's just she was like it's been a while since i published something i'm gonna put this out there so i can turn over a few cash dollar but like mm-hmm. there's no real plot to it but then I suppose that's the point. It's not like a full novel. So, you know, I thought it, I mean, maybe there were some important points, but for me, it was all just building the, the like, uh, wow, Nesta is such a bad person and look, Cassian likes her tripe. So I just felt that it was like a, a ex, very extensive setting the scene for the Silver Flames books. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you remember what you rated it? Oh, I probably gave it a four all the a same. A four is generous. You know, trash. I feel like Very I could generous. have. I, do you know what? I can check it really quickly because I now have Goodreads on my phone. Um, But yeah, I I think anything by Sarah J Mass, just because even if like the actual plot is crap, her writing is still usually quite good, you know? Mm-hmm. Or maybe, I don't know. What would you guys agree? Why? What did you give it? I think for me, it deserves a three. I can't remember if that's what I actually rated it. Yeah on that episode but yeah as a four i gave it a three as well mm. probably i would give it a 3.5 but if we're going with goodreads i wouldn't push that to a four i would give it three okay yeah i think i've read some some very bad books which makes me far more willing to give a four than a three <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you had kind of point blank told us at the beginning that you didn't really want to do A Court of Silver Flames with us. You didn't really want to reread it. So Ugh, I'm yeah. really curious why. What why? What did you not like about the book so much that you didn't even want to reread it? Ugh, okay, so from what I remember the first time reading it, I just felt like everything happened in a really wrong order and a really crap way. And I didn't like that you know mm-hmm. if if memory serves and there's spoilers obviously this is a wrap up so people should know that uh but if memory serves like don't nessa and cassian end up being mated without her even knowing that it's happened or something so like everything just happens really unorthodoxly and i don't like it and also the content it's like the redemption arc like fair's redemption arc is like forgiving herself for her guilt and like growing stronger but then Nesta's is apologizing to everyone and humbling herself. And I just don't vibe with that. So, you know, that that mm-hmm. was mine. Yeah. So besides the fact, and then also like, 
I don't know. I feel like a lot of the the characters got a personality transplant and they just became completely different in these books and I couldn't really reconcile them then. And like also even beyond the characters, like the plot as well, like Farah who had been like the equal in power or whatever, blah, 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 had to be someone that you had to like lie to to, to protect her with mm-hmm. lies. Uh, it was just, yeah, I just thought the whole thing was not on par with the rest. Okay. That's, That's really interesting. Me. I mean, I don't disagree with anything that you've said. Mm-hmm. Apart from the, apart from the redemption arc, I thought that Nesta and, and Feyre's like healing journeys were quite similar. I didn't think that it was all about Nesta having to apologize to everyone because at the end of the day, she only apologized to Nesta. She didn't. Oh, uh, sorry, to Amran. She didn't apologize to anyone else, which is fair because nobody else deserved an apology. But. <laughs> It's interesting because I think we were talking about this with Jess. We both really enjoyed it a lot more than we thought we would when we were rereading it. So it's a shame that you didn't join us because it was it ended up being quite a lot of fun. I don't know if it was just because we broke it down and we could focus it, focus on it a bit more. Maybe if we had read it in one go. I don't know. True. But Hmm. it was it was good. What do you think, Jess? Do you would you agree with that? Prior to rereading it, I was kind of feeling like Maria, like, oh, I didn't like this book the first time, but I guess let's just go through it anyway. But yeah, I, I ended up enjoying it a lot more than I had expected to. And I think this has overall given me a better opinion of the book than prior okay. to rereading. Did your ratings go up then? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, mine went up by half a star, though, not like a full star. Let me see if I can Because I had already rated it four, still, which is what you were saying, like... That's still 10%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I wasn't willing to give it a, a five because of the things that you mentioned. There were a lot of things that I didn't like about the book. Yeah. But still, overall, I thought it was really strong for me personally, so... Okay, okay, that's fair. I guess you'll just have to listen to the episodes. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You've kind of nearly convinced me to try read it again, but it's just every time I think about reading it, it's like, it's I, it feels like I'm suggesting to you to go back and read your like seven year old <laughs> geography book. Like, you know, you didn't like it the first time. <laughs> so you're just like, oh, I can do it if I have to. Yeah. I hope we never have to review a geography book. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, to be fair, it is really long. So you'd be committing a lot of your time if you were to read it. Yeah cover to cover yeah exactly yeah 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 well that was the other thing as well like wasn't it longer oh, it was so long it was like 800 pages or something right mm. yeah. it's a big hardcover yeah like that's it's just huge commitment for what i felt like wasn't huge story mm-hmm. that's very fair okay that's fair yeah yeah and then one final question that's aimed at you because Jess and I already discussed this, I think, in, in great depth <laughs> when we were talking about Silver yeah. Flames. But are you team Lucy and Elaine or are you team Azriel and Elaine? I'm going to give tenuous uh, commitment to one of these. Uh, but oh, come on, just not... spit it out. What is it? We need to know. Oh, no, I'm going to keep you on tender hooks <laughs> a second longer. If I had to pick... <laughs> I'd really, oh, I mean, I guess I'd have to say Lucy and Elaine if Why? I had to pick, right? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> because, because Elaine, in spite of having the personality of a flower patch, 
doesn't really deserve someone who's literally spent centuries in love with someone else like obsession levels you know like that's a good point yeah she shouldn't have to be second string in her own story but he's no longer obsessed with more he's obsessed with elaine Ugh, i don't know that's a pretty quick turnaround for like a couple of centuries um so yeah i think that and beyond that as well like they're they're just is it like there's so few polite people that as soon as two people are polite they're like well they must be in love in this storyline i mean like they're obviously just both like similar characters well-suited friends but yeah i don't really like lucian is a bit as well like i think right now elaine could be doing the gal pal thing you know female power or whatever like uh but yeah i guess lucian elaine why obviously i saw the agreement from lucia i heard the anger (laughs) from jesse what are your reasons anger of course not but Mm, frustration disappointed shock oh <laughs> she's hitting me with the disappointment okay i'm not, not angry mad. not mad <laughs> disappointed. okay i'll just change my answer then <laughs> yeah perfect <laughs> jess do you want to quickly tell maria why you're team asriel uh because because i feel it is so <laughs> <laughs> wow i don't know i just i feel like i like the idea of Elaine not being with the person who is her mate. I like the idea that uh, look, I think Lucien's gonna die in some great like martyr moment, leaving Elaine Ooh. conveniently without a mate. And Azrael's there like, you want to go plant some flowers? And she's like, absolutely. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I strongly think that's not going to happen because at this point we know he is to inherit one of the courts and Elaine yeah. is obviously going to be popping out heirs. Like I did see a thing line. actually that was like, oh, he's going to become the High Lord of Day and what do flowers like? Oh, they like daytime and the sun and stuff. So <laughs> They also like spring, so fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> True. Oh, you think that he would inherit Helion's court? He'll have yeah. to. He's his only, well, I mean, to be fair, actually, there's no point in saying he's his only progeny when he doesn't even know about him. But, like, he, yeah, because there was something said at some point about Lucien showing powers that were, like, you know, like, uh, typical of a High Lord's heir, but the heiress wasn't worried because heiress knows Mm -hmm. or has an inkling. So Lucien's 100%, like, obviously, like, SJ Mass, come on, she's, she's like, she's chronic for this. He's obviously going to inherit a court, so... You know, like, it's it's going to go that way. Interesting. See, I'm loving this discussion already because I, I had never thought of that, that that could be a possibility. Oh, as so. soon as they discover it in book three, when they're at the meeting of the High Lords, I was like, that's it. Elaine's deal is sealed. Hmm. But yeah. Also, does Nazriel have the thing with that, with that one? Gwyn. No, there is no relationship. Well... Obviously, there's no relationship. But no, she likes him, but he's, you know, he give her a gift only to not throw it in the bin. But she doesn't know it's from him. That's also the thing. Well, that's, that says even more. It's like, I, I like you so much. No, no. From him, it's all just been very polite exchanges. That's oh, all. Oh, were you talking to him? Yeah. Yeah. Got the gas last week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that seems very, um, the blinkers are on and I'm seeing... Yeah, I don't know. I kind of thought that that was the insinuation there. Yeah, I I had many thoughts on on Asriel and Gwyn, and I, I shared them all with Jess. That, that that made me really mad. Oh, I also hope that it's Lucian though. 
Although, like, I agree with with what Jess said about it would be nice to see a rejection of the mating bond. I think that would be a really interesting storyline. Mm-hmm. So, in the interest of let's do something unique, let's do something different, I might be persuaded to be Team Asriel. But for my own feelings, I would prefer if it was not Asriel because I really don't want it to be three sisters finding three brothers and everything's wrapped up Come on, there's two out of two. There's got to be three out of three at this point. Nah, man. Two and two is already silly. Let's at least have a third. (laughs) The third. No. What if they broke tradition then and they just kind of had an open relationship? You know, that'd be very ballsy. I'm not sure that... I'm, I don't know. I can't. I don't know. I would like it. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure that Sarah J. Mass is going to go in that direction. Well, I don't think Lucian's going to go for anyone else. And he's going to be a high lord. So he's going to have to get with someone. So it's going to have to be Elaine. But if, you know, like, I mean, that's that's a done deal, baby. That's that's done. So I, the next step is, is can Elaine also have Azriel? And I think she can. I think she should be able to. Yeah, yeah. How fa- how funny would that be? Elaine, like the, the demure little flower, and she would be <laughs> <laughs> like the wild yeah. child. <laughs> it's always the quiet Yeah, one. and she can you see it coming say. as well. So, you know, like she can definitely, you know, mm. if you know something's going to happen, She's you can adapt worried. to it better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that there's a lot of like fan theories and like speculations about... What's going on in the human lands between Lucy and Jurian and, and Vasa? What 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 are those three getting up to <laughs> in their court of whatever they yeah. call themselves, misfits or whatever? Yeah, I, I don't think anything's going on there. I hadn't even considered that. <laughs> you know, that's just that's just other fans. It's just online it's just hearsay. It's just hearsay, yeah, yeah. There's no proof, but it'd be funny. Okay, so mm-hmm. overall then. I think it's fair to say that we all really like this series. But what do you think, what is it about it that makes it so good? Why do you think it's as popular as it is and continues to be as popular as it is? I think it's like the Hunger Games of our, let's say it's it's like of its genre. It's the Hunger Games for our generation, kind of. It's that, like, it's not necessarily groundbreaking but somehow it is mm-hmm. like it just it peeled us all back into well for me it certainly peeled me back into like fantasy why fantasy reading again yeah i was recommended it and then i was like let's get back into my reading journey i want more mm. it's kind of the standard to which everything else is compared mm-hmm. maria would you agree with that yeah, I think, as Jesse said, it kind of is like from everything I kind of see when new books of the genre come out as well, people more often than not will mention this as a benchmark. Mm. I think it's because they're very, very well written, both for the overall plot, but also just on each page. Sometimes you mm-hmm. have like stories that have a brilliant plot or a brilliant idea but the writing is terrible or the character development is terrible. You know, I think it was a great idea, but it's very well executed. And that's the difference because there's a lot of books that could have been this with better editing or with like a little bit more thought given to the characters. So I just think a a lot of effort probably is why it's the best. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because 
I seem to remember we had quite a few critiques of the writing hmm. style at some hmm. point. So, you know, I agree that the idea is really good. And obviously, I didn't read this when this first came out. So I, I don't know what already existed within the genre at the time. It feels like uh, there's a lot of books now that are very similar to Akatar. I don't know if Akatar was the first one to introduce fairies and like different courts and the morally gray character. Probably not. But yeah, I don't know. There's just something about it that's that's very addictive. And like I had a very similar experience to what Jess was saying. Like when Jess recommended it to me, I hadn't read anything in years. And I just devoured them in like two weeks. And that's when it all just kind of kicked off. And I haven't looked mm -hmm. back since. So there's obviously something to it. I just can't quite put my finger on what it is. I mm -hmm. think it's more the characters more so than the plot. A lot of times for me with her books. Yeah. I root for the characters more so than I really care about the overall plot. So, yeah. Interesting. Would you still say it's the the best <clears throat> YA fantasy that you've read? Do you do you find yourself comparing everything to Akatar and finding it lacking, or has there been something that's surpassed it? Well, as we discussed <laughs> before we came <laughs> live on air, I recently read Fourth Wing, which has come out very very recently, mm -hmm. and it was it was different enough that comparison is, is is hard but in terms of how much I enjoyed it they were they were similar like it might finally have real competition but we'll see because there's only one book out a complete series is is set for life one good book doesn't equal competition but yeah 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 that, that's that's that what about you Jess I mean when I think of another kind of comparable series I think of the one Blood and Ash from Blood and Ash. Mm -hmm. But it's just not as good. Mm. I don't know why. Yeah. Editing. Well, I DNF'd that, Like it's... So. Yeah. Sorry? I DNF'd from Blood and Ash. Ah, you did, yeah. Like, that's kind of... I feel like it's competing. It, it, like, it's in the same competition. Maybe it's not competing for number one, but it's in the same category. Mm -hmm. Couple of books. We've got a bit of a fantasy element. Strong female character. It's got many of the same elements, but it's just, it's just not as good. Mm -hmm. Like the Throne of Glass series as well. Really fantastic also, but it has a bit of a different angle from it. But I think the thing that would stop me rereading the Throne of Glass series is it's just so long. Yeah. And I feel like... But this is easily readable. Like if you binge it, it's, it's very easily done in a week if you... Maybe you're on holidays and you have like just nothing to do. You can binge this and have a fantastic time and it's you get through it in a week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like... Uh, Throne of Glass, you're signing up for a lot. Yeah, Throne I of Glass. I never finished Throne of Glass. It's so yeah. long. It is really long. If you just don't read Tower of Dawn, read like the wiki summary and then the last book is good. That's the one where it deviates from the main characters, isn't it? It's like a, a book of nothing, basically. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's Did not a book of, of nothing. It's not a book of nothing, but it's not... Oh, more or less. It's not about a character that most people care about. So, you know, that's why people... I would say that's why people skip it, because it's it's not about, like, a fan favorite. But it is boring. It is, but... Ultimately. You know, if you care about the it's character... It's boring, and it's about a boring character. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Oh, well, now I really want to go back and reread that. 
So I just read the summary. Yeah. They're long, though. They are long. I feel like, yeah, they're, you wouldn't realize that they were by the same author. I think she wrote well, it. Well, many of the same elements are there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she wrote it before she wrote Akatar. Because Throne of Glass was yeah. her first book. And I think she wrote it when she was 16 years old. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously ah. she's progressed even in her own skill as an author since then. She's now in her 30s. So you could tell, yeah, her name, her character names are a little less odd. Like <laughs> yeah. the character names in A Throne of Glass are weird. Like you can tell it was a 16 year old was like coming up with fantasy names. And she was like... Nehemia, Aelin Galathinius, or whatever. Like, I do love weird Manon. Things. That's a really cool name. Oh, Manon is a cool one. You can also tell that the first ones are written by like a 16 year old, right? Because like she's like, oh my God, when we enter a story, she's going to be this absolute badass who's going to be already, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> already at peak danger on page one, you know. Other words, obviously, Farah like was, she could kind of shoot an arrow. That is it. Like, you know, the character development happens in the book in later. But you know, when you're like, teenager and you're like oh they're gonna be so cool and they can like kill seven people at once and they can like fly yeah (laughs) it translates yeah by the age of 16 i'm already like the best assassin in the world (laughs) yeah by the the king or whatever yeah yeah (laughs) it's interesting that jess mentioned from blood and ash i would have been inclined to agree with you but much like maria the the magic kind of fizzled out for me by book three and i think it has a lot to do with the editing like i still really like the characters and i still think it's an interesting world and an interesting story but the books Mm -hmm. are so long like it's the whole story is too long there's just too much focus on the in-between oh we went here we did this we went here yeah I agree that they should have been edited out and kept a bit more of the action. Yeah, they get kind of repetitive and or she like changes her mind and like things that she said in book one no longer, you know, make sense in book four or whatever. And it's just it's a bit much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also the thing that like annoyed me the most about that series, because other words I would have I thought I had found the competitor when I read the first one. But it's that you get to like Madeway point through book three and you still know nothing. That's a yeah, lot. the plot keeps advancing. You never actually figure out what's going on for so long. Yeah, because the big question is like the same as Gossip Girl. Who is she? Uh, and like you get to two and a half books in and they're like, oh, she might be descended from this person or she might be da 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 da. And there's like so many little, and I'm just like, just pick one and commit to it at this point. I don't even care if it's the worst one. I'd just like to know. Mm-hmm. And I stopped reading because I actually got so annoyed that like we were still not finding out, not finding. So I don't even know how they finish. I'll look it up on Wikipedia someday. But oh, they're that not done the yet. Problem, they're still coming out. Of... Oh my God. And she keeps ending every book on a cliffhanger. And you're like, come on. At yeah. some point, we just, like you said, we just want some information. Yeah. That we can finish a book with contentment. A bit and of I'll resolution. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So fourth wing, but not quite fourth wing because it's not really in the same... Like it doesn't have Fey, yeah. right? Fourth wing is dragons, isn't Human. it? Human, humans and dragons. Yeah, yeah. Fourth wing is um like uh basically humans. Uh, yeah, and I guess like magic exists in their world, but only for people who are able to bond with dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, fourth wing is written through the perspective of of a student in an academy. 
so you know like it's not obviously fair as like just a peasant in the wild and this girl is a like a from a prominent family in a kingdom that has like a very big military aspect so it's that's different universe kind of and also they're older so like everybody's at least 20 okay in this it's like someone clack or clocked the uh the advancing age of the people who would have read a court of thorns and roses and went hey they'll be in their 20s by now probably let's make these characters more relatable by making them the same age yeah for me i don't know if there's anything that comes close to grabbing my attention it's just iconic yeah I kind of feel like maybe... What does come close? Maybe, like, um, The Cruel Prince. Like, The Folk of Air. I thought about that as well. But... Mm -hmm. But still not quite, you know? Like, it had elements. I really, really enjoyed it. But... Yeah. So, yeah, I still think Akatar wins it. Like, I don't know if I would feel it's fair to compare series by the same author... Because, I don't know, I feel like that's cheating. So I won't say, oh, I prefer Crescent City, for example, or, you know, Throne of Glass, which I don't prefer Throne of Glass. But, and Crescent City is, it's a whole different ball game. So I'm not gonna. No, 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 I'm gonna demand an answer now. Uh, because that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty uh, out there statement. So which do you prefer? Um... Objectively, just considering the two stories. Just considering the two stories. Yeah. Nah, it's got to be Akatar still. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> good, good. A plus. Yay. So, do you have a favorite scene or part from the whole series that you always remember or come back to? One part I really liked, but I didn't really like the writing of... Like, I thought it was a bit overly dramatic in the writing, but I loved the part where Fair has gone and she's gotten the Ouroboros and then she goes back to the prison and she's just arrives like a bad bitch. She's like, you're coming with me. And <laughs> the bone carver's all like trying to make jokes and he's like, yeah, and Fair is like, no, let's go. I kind of like the, the tone where she was just really, let's get down to business I'm here, I know what I have to do, I'm me, blah, blah, blah. I I thought she was like, she was having her own power and she, I liked it. Mm -hmm. It was a fun scene. Okay, interesting. I also loved the the scene in, what's it, A Court of Silver Flames where Nesta comes out of the lake with the mask on is just fantastic. Yes, agreed. Probably one of the best scenes in the book, Mm -hmm. in that book. Yeah. Maria, what about you? I was trying to do a quick rescan. This was favorite scenes, right? Because scenes that stand out are Nesta stuck on that feckin' stairs. But favorite scenes are, um, do you know? Okay, so first, the Middengard Worm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. Oh, that was great. <clears throat> yeah, that's I up there. That. That's iconic. That's very much, you know, the kind of OG Farrah vibes, um, mm-hmm. even though she was human. And then also one that always sticks in my mind was the cliffhanger for book two, probably because I had to think about that for almost oh, that was a year. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. That was in my mind for a year before the third book came out. So that one will probably yeah. always be the, because that, that was the biggest cliffhanger of my life and probably always mm-hmm. will be. So mm-hmm. that one, I, and like, I'm always like, Jesse can confirm this. I'm always like, I found a really good song for that like moment because I hear all of these songs that are like, 
you know, if anything has like a badass vibe in the song, I'm like, this would be perfect for that moment. Yeah. But, uh, that's the one for me. Okay. Can I also add something I just remembered? An absolute classic scene where they, in book two, they arrive to the inn. Yeah. And there's only one bed. <laughs> it's just, it never gets old. <laughs> Yeah, and they can't do magic because, you know, obviously. No, and the room is too small and, you know. (laughs) Yeah. How could the circumstances have have aligned like this? Yeah. 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 That's true, actually. Okay. Why, what's yours? For me... Is it less wholesome? Less wholesome? For me, it's... I love the scene at Cal and Mai where you know, the most beautiful male arrives to save her. Love it. Mm-hmm. I also love it when... So the scene where Reese comes in and crashes the wedding in his, like, shadows of night and whatever, and then takes her away. Love it. Such mm-hmm. So melodramatic. So, so great. And yeah, the yeah, scene where great. Nesta comes out of the lake with the mask and she's holding the Kelpie's head. Great. Just great. Um, yeah I think those are my top three but also like you mentioned the worm I love the worm scene I think that was kind of when the first book went from being really good to excellent was the scene with the worm when she had to actually do things herself and agreed yeah you were turning the pages you're like I need what's happening I need more the tension yeah yeah so I agree with all your scenes and then those few extra ones that that I sprinkled in I mean, also, actually, do you know the scene where she kills the adder? That's pretty good. Yeah. That is pretty nice. Anything that's particularly brutal is uh, usually, <laughs> on, on, from Farrah's hands, is usually like something that we're like, yes! War cry of movement. <laughs> yeah. Or my darling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was there a least favorite scene? One that you really, really, really don't like? Hmm. Ooh, that'll take. Uh, a lot of the ones with Tamlin in the early books, just the general, it's because it, it's not a particular scene, but a lot of the acquiescing to his ball mm-hmm. is like kind of that. I don't, it doesn't really fall in one particular scene. Jesse, you go and I'll try and think of something better. I'm agreeing with what you're saying, though. I feel when you reread it, you're more aware of the sliminess mm. of the whole thing. Of, like, Tamlin obviously has extraordinary ulterior motives to make Fair fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. Which makes the whole thing a bit... This is true, yeah. Mm, don't mm. like this. What else did I not like? I really didn't like the the intervention in Silver Flames at the beginning when everyone gangs up on Nesta and... You know, we went into this with great detail with with Jess when we were talking because I was really annoyed with everyone. And what you were saying, Maria, I felt like so many characters had almost like a full personality transplant between Mm -hmm. Wings and Ruin and and Silver Flames. So that really annoyed me. I think that would be my least favorite. I think also that like the there's like two scenes that are kind of annoying. They're not like my least favorite, but they're kind of like the ones that would annoy me most on the rethink. One of them is like, you know, after it's like the battle in the summer court and everyone's like in a lot of pain and dying and stuff and Riss and Fair are just like, well, 
That's now's kind of the best time. <laughs> <clears throat> but the other one as well is that the at the end of book two, before when they sneak into Highburn, and like everything that they had planned to do goes wrong. Plus more, like they would be better off having not gone, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that kind of obviously, in the long run, it's better that they did go. But the way that like. They were like, don't put the two halves of the book together now. And then Farrah gets there and she's like, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put these together. Like that just annoyed me because I was like, you were given one, literally one job, like, and you couldn't do that. Okay. I've thought of one I don't like. And it's at the end of book three after the, the war is over and they're like, oh, let's have two chapters of like political meetings. And then also the cauldron conveniently vanishes and nobody thinks to question it. But mostly I was bored by the like, okay, the war's over. Let's go talk about like how destroyed the mansion is. And, you know, all these people are, have been carefully seating. Have the, the seating arrangement has been carefully planned for everyone. And it's just, it's pretty boring after, after the excitement we just went through. And then it's that. Yeah. Didn't love yeah it's it. pretty hard to come down. Well, I mean, I think it says a lot that we can't, you know, that we struggle to think of scenes that we didn't like. So... Just goes to show. Yeah. Well, I've got another oh, one for oh, you. Oh, well, okay, I take it back. In the beginning of the second book, basically, Fair's Depression oh, Phase, yeah. where Tamlin is just being such a dick. Like, they're they're hard to read because you, you obviously, as the reader, see how much she's suffering yeah. and he simply is just blind to it until she finally has a meltdown. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I like that because I knew that that kind of event meant that change would have to come, but also it's True. hard to read for her. So I get what you mean. Without mm-hmm. like wanting to remove it, yeah. you don't enjoy it. Exactly. I see why it's there, but it's not lovely to read when you she's just so depressed. And nobody does anything. Agreed. Do you have a favorite character through the series? And did that character, or like did your favorite character change? Or do you have the same one from the beginning? Ooh. Um, well, I guess you can't have the same one from the big. Be- well, no, sorry, you can if you decide that you like tampon, but like generally, you can't have the same one from the beginning because you don't meet all of the characters until later. Okay, fair, yeah. I guess Farah would have to be my favorite because we are Farah. It feels like you know betraying her to, to like we. Agreed. I'm like, how could it be anyone other than yeah, Farah? Because we're seeing from her eyes. But outside of that, I do. Like, it's a toss-up between Cassie and her Amran because I feel like they're both funny and I like funny people. I'm going to have to disagree with Amran, I'm afraid. For me, she's the most frustrating, useless character by the end. <laughs> I thought she was set up to be so cool in book two. Biggest disappointment. Yeah, that's nah, at the no. end. Nah. Everyone's remember. afraid of her and she's always like, you know, goading them but on, why? which I think is really funny. But why are people scared of her? And now why are they scared of her? She doesn't have any powers left. Like Yeah, but she's just she's just a tiny grumpy yeah, person. Yeah. Just, you know, small grumpy people are scary too. But why is she allowed to be grumpy and Nesta isn't allowed to be grumpy? You know? At just these double standards I can't. Because she got I'm a Nesta girl. Probably because Nesta had a drinking problem. Um, yeah. Maybe. So does Moore. Moore has a drinking problem. And you know, yeah, but, that's fine. Okay, Nesta was allowed to be grumpy. For the entire time, actually, she was just accepted as a grumpy character until she entered her spiral. 
I also think because Nesta was like mean from the beginning that there's a there's obviously just um like an unfair opinion of her circulating but with the Amron one I would argue even though she doesn't look like it she's a very old lady and old ladies are always grumpy and no one gives them a hard time for it that's a good point Maria I'm already encompassing the old lady grumpiness I mean the sooner you start the better you'll be when you're older I'm practicing yeah exactly I'm ready for those nursing home uh, caretakers to hate me. Like, it's going to be great. <laughs> okay, so Maria says Feyre. Yeah. Jess, do you also say Feyre? I think it has to be. If you want me to pick a side character, for the first three books, it's it's Reese. Mm-hmm. Can't believe I forgot him. Yeah, actually, can I scratch that previous answer? <laughs> sure. Yeah, cool. We're good. Okay, so Farah Reese. How about you, Lucia? Yeah, like I guess I have to agree with what Maria said about you can't really have the perhaps the same favorite character from the very beginning because a lot of a lot of the great characters get introduced later on. So mm-hmm. and it's really hard. I want to say Nesta, but it's really hard to like Nesta at the beginning. So you know, I think it's worrying if somebody said that Nesta's my favorite character from book one. Mm, I'm a bit worried about yeah. you if that's the case. So... Yeah, you would just ask why. Although she does show a little bit of backbone in book one. You could be forgiven. For a moment, yes. Yeah, well, well when she has to. True. Hmm. So I guess maybe first book has to be Feyre. And then book two, it's Reese. Book three, can't decide. I don't know. I guess it changes. I really like Cassian and Nesta as my but I yeah I don't have a I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't have a favorite throughout it let's all just kind say of the changes weaver. from book to book let's just all say the weaver and then we're all we're all solid yeah but the weaver's only there for like a few minutes she has a lasting presence you know Anthony Hopkins got an award uh, an academy award for Silence of the Lambs and he was only in the movie for 11 minutes so you know oh okay yeah, so the Weaver then, can be our Anthony Hopkins. Is the Weaver then your favorite creepy character? I think so. Yeah, she like achieves. I mean, actually, Bryaxis achieves creepy as well. But like, Bryaxis is like not evil. You know, in other words, the Weaver is just as likely to kill you as anyone else. Her instability is very refreshing. What about you, Jess? Who's your favorite creepy character? I think the Bone Carver. Yeah, me too. I love the Bone Carver. I wish he'd stayed around for longer. I wish he had a a more epic end. Yeah. Yeah, was, me too. Yeah. That was his least cool moment, actually. That's why he's not my favorite, because he just, like I said, obviously the Weaver got like, yeah, she got killed, but like, the like wearing... She brought them to the king, and yeah, she had... Her wearing Ayanthe's crown. moments were really yeah. cool. Yeah, like I just kind of like... I liked, she was funny, you know, she had a great sense of humor. Say what you want about her, say what you want about Striga, but she she was funny. She didn't have to crack a joke, like. I agree with that. <laughs> I think I just liked the Bone Carver more because we, yeah, we saw more of him yeah, before that's that. Fair. That's fair. Okay, so predictions going forward, or what would you like to see going forward? Because I think we've been told that there's going to be two more books within Akatar. So mm-hmm. we still have, you know, a fair few pages to go of story. What would you like to see and what do you think we will see? 
how uh how multi storyline spoiler uh minimalist do we have to be because I have some theories I am gonna say spoiler galore this Ooh. is the you know, I'll put a spoiler warning in here if you haven't read anything by Sarah J Maas up to this point why are you how have you even gotten to this point of this episode <laughs> shame on you but if you've read A Court of Thorns and Roses, but you haven't read anything else, specifically Crescent City, stop now, because I'm going to say that we can talk about whatever we want, including Crescent City and what has happened oh, so yeah. far. So that's part of please, my predictions. Maria, go. Okay. I think that the Koshi, like, still needing to be defeated, like, storyline that all, is all that I can remember that's kind of not just like finished by the end of Silver Flames. Is there anything else that's outstanding by the end of that book? Or is it just Koshi? They just need to end him, right? Yeah, I mean, there's kind of, isn't there kind of the thread of what's his name? Baron. No, Lanthus. Isn't there kind of some insinuation? Well, that he's he'll dead. Be back? But he's dead. Nesta killed him. Oh, he was Nesta, dead. Yeah. yeah, Nesta super killed him. So what I'm what I'm thinking is that like, because she's not a big enough enemy. You know, like the King of Highburn had an entire powerful country, so that I could see why he was the the villain kind of for the the three books. But I don't think Koshi's big enough. So I think that given the information that we currently have, that some of the going forward enemy will probably veer into the crescent city and that high council especially now that there's been overlap so i think going forward oh, of course we don't know the end of the second crescent city book we don't know at what point they've popped into the timeline but i do think that that will be a serious um proponent because it, she released that book between the two silver flames so i don't think that's by accident you know mm-hmm so I don't okay. know. I don't know where they're gonna go with it, but maybe ah, oh, maybe they should just kick all of their enemies through, and then dump them in Crescent City. And anyways, that's just one thought. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I fully think something like that's gonna happen regarding Crescent City. What I would like to see, aside from that, I would like I want something from Elaine, and I think there is an Elaine book, but I want on some character. <laughs> Want something cool to happen i want her not just to be the one-dimensional character who likes gardening mm. i want something really cool to happen with her and i don't know i wanted more solo fair action but now that they have the baby and she you know obviously just went through an almost death experience they're probably gonna let it over a bit um i want want to know more about eris yeah What's he hiding oh and i want to know about this creepy thing in the woods that was just dropped and never really explained that more saw. Yeah, this was, uh, Maria, this was at the end of Frost and Starlight. Moore had her own POV chapter and we find out that she has her own, like, mansion or something somewhere in Prithian that nobody knows about. She hasn't told anyone about it. And oh. so she's, like, riding through the forest on her horse or something. Oh, and yeah. she senses a creepy presence in the forest doesn't tell anyone because why would she yeah so that's what jess is referring to that's vaguely and familiar yeah and it hasn't meant it hasn't been mentioned since then do we think that that's so. i feel like i thought that that was braxis for some reason 
That is a theory that we had. Maybe it's just Bryaxis, but we we don't know. Hmm. I'm curious. Do you think that the next two books will be kind of like what Silver Flames did? So we we move away from Feyre and Reese. We almost pretend that their story is over, even obviously it's not. So, because they were the main characters of the first three books. Silver Flames was obviously Nesta and Cassian. So do you think that books five and six will be, one will be about, say, Elaine, one will be about either Asriel or more? I'd love that. Or there be like, yeah. I'd love that because like Cassian and Nessa's story was, well, obviously I didn't like it. You guys did, but like, I feel like I've had enough of that. Thank you. Um, Next, mm-hmm. please. But yeah, mm. also because other words, she'll have to write like 40 odd books to give everyone their POV time slot. I you know, I, would, I think I would read them anyway, if there were 40. <laughs> I'd probably read them. Yeah. I'm just... an addict. I'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. That's right. Is that what you think will happen, Lucia? I think that's a great idea. I think that's what's going to happen. I kind of have a feeling that maybe because, as we've discussed, we don't know who Elaine is going to end up with, it might turn out to be like an Elaine slash Lucian slash Asriel book. And we'll mm-hmm. have like three POVs between the between them as mm-hmm. Elaine decides who she's going to end up with. And then one book for more to just kind of round off the main characters. That might finish Eris's story as well. Because they're always linked. Yeah, exactly. And we would finally find out the truth of what happened. Yeah, yes. I think he's a good guy deep inside. I think he has good qualities, yes. Yeah, maybe he's not a good guy, but... I think Eris could end up like going into the Crescent City mix as well. Because aren't they all kind of like... um, They're all the feckin' autumn court shit, so... You know, like there's. A well, I was trying that... to think. Yeah, I was trying to think about that. So the Autumn King is a very. It's the. It's very interesting that the like the big fair power in Crescent City is the Autumn King, and then we have the yeah. Autumn Court, who is very prominent within. The yeah. Avatar. But but Rune, who is mm-hmm. the. The prince of the Autumn. King or like the Autumn King's son. Mm-hmm. His powers are more in line with Reese's powers. Yes, but isn't the Autumn King isn't like he's kind of representative of all Fae, correct? Yeah. So it's probably oh, well, I would guess it's probably that all of the Fae, like you know, from the various courts or pre courts or whatever of the different types, were there, but maybe he was the only royal one, so they all just fell under his. But like, there's definitely descendants but maybe it's just that the male line of the autumn was like in crescent city i think but yeah i think there's like i don't know there might be something about because yeah i don't know is is it is there any other court that's kind of referenced in crescent city there's not well there's isn't it rune's mother came from like the Oh, the night the court. The Fae who live deep in the mountains and they're all having special mysterious power and that's why his mother was chosen. Okay, yeah. And that's why he has a slightly different power. Yeah, scrap that. Anyway, I think there's definitely going to be a future link there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thoughts, Lucia? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really good with speculations. I think everything that you have already brought up, I agree with. 
I think Koshai or Koshai or whatever, however you pronounce his name, is so far a really weak villain. I don't have high hopes for him lasting long. Yeah, exactly. I feel like there's a lot of open storylines, you know, what's going to happen with Vasa, how is she going to get rid of the curse on her so she stops being the firebird, I'm sure we'll have to get into that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll have to wrap up Tamlin's storyline in the Spring Court. There are like some theories in the deep interwebs about how Elaine should end up with Tamlin maybe, or like Elaine should Ew. become evil, that should be her storyline. That would be a nice twist. If Elaine became secretly really evil, or even openly evil. I think that would be sad. Like, I want to know, does Elaine still have her powers? She does though, doesn't she? Would be sad. But don't we love a bit of female rage, or a good female villain? Yeah, but I think for Elaine it would just show that her weakness of mind never really changed. Because I feel like she would be... She would. She's just so, like, you know, malleable that she'd just be formed into being the bad guy probably by someone else's hand what if it was like she's really tired of always like you know she's tired of things happening to her and she's angry and finally she's about to do something with all this anger they'd have an intervention i'd say send her to train with the valkyries (laughs) that's probably it but yeah like why would elaine have lost her powers the cauldron gifted them to her in other words nesta stole them so doesn't Elaine still have... I don't know. I mean, I'm just curious because there was no mention of it past the last time that she had a vision. I see, I see. So... Yeah, also, that was something I forgot to bring up. But yeah, another reason why I think that we'll have to kind of leave Nesta behind now for the next... For mm-hmm. the going forward is because she's basically been reduced to a fraction of her power. So she's like essentially useless to us from now on. I disagree. I think... Yes, she lost a lot of her power, but now she's she's at peace with herself. Like her her arc of character growth yeah. more or less is done because she's she's healed. I think that's why we won't see more of her. She'll sleep better at night, but like, you know, and, and when the big action comes, like I think that But she's a she's already been proven as a reasonable warrior now. Hmm. Yeah, she'll be as... Yeah, she can make the magical objects. She Well, can she anymore? Like, Because she's probably not a Maybe. death god type thing anymore. She's given back basically all That's of the That's true, power. but she can still command the trove. Do you think she can? Because I'm not, I'm not so confident. I think she can because um, by, the fact, by the fact of her being made. Like, I think Elaine can wear them as well. Okay. Oh, yeah, because the only reason that Pharaoh wasn't looking for them is because she was pregnant. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. But then, yeah, I think that most of what made Nesta a considerable power is gone. So it's time to look at somebody else who would be no less powerful than she now is. So, like, Elaine. You know, like, it, mm-hmm. Elaine's Faye, and Elaine probably has more power now than Nesta, so... I reckon, you know, we've given Reese and Feyre kind of a happy ending... We've given Nesta and Cassian kind of a happy ending. So there's no real reason for them to be the main characters anymore. Like, they'll still be there, obviously, because they're super important. But yeah, I think going forward, we're not going to focus so much on them. They'll just be in the background having their own storyline, but not the central one. It'll be interesting to see if the supporting cast are... um the ambivalent people or if they'll return to the cast we knew the fair had as well mm-hmm. like that would be really you know like who are we gonna have going forward what do you mean by ambivalent people 
Riss was threatening to kill Nesta at a certain point or something like that, you know, which obviously we wouldn't have aligned with the character we knew in the main series. So if it does go to somebody else's perspective, it'll be interesting to see which version of all the characters we get back. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Um, In terms of crossover with Crescent City, I don't know. I have literally no clue where it's all going to go. Crescent City is so big and there's so much info dumping at the beginning that I'm still confused as to who's who and <laughs> what are their, you know, how are they all related to each other. So I cannot speculate I have I think that Crescent City 3 in terms of like time-wise is going to take place between Silver Flames and the next Akatar book. Mhm. I have a feeling that Bryce will manage to leave Akatar by the end of Crescent City 3 back to and she's not going to leave alone. Well this I don't know. I don't know if she won't leave alone. That I have no thoughts on. But I think that storyline is going to be wrapped up in Crescent City 3. I don't think it'll bleed over into the next Akatar books. I think. But I have, you know, I could be totally wrong. What if Azrael goes back with her and that's how he leaves the story so that Elaine will be with... Lucien. What's his name? Lucien. Oh, piece of candy. That would be nice. Aren't there some theories already, though? as well, about the, the interlinking between those two. Probably. There are, probably are, but I haven't got, done a deep dive into. Yeah, no, I, I try to avoid them in case they're right and then they spoil it for me. But <laughs> isn't Crescent City potentially the home that Amarin was looking to return to? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. So maybe she would like to go back there? Because I think some people made the comment that Fury and... Amran seem to have similar descriptions mm-hmm. applied to them and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah so like possibly that's like a a relation type thing a distant third cousin twice removed so I think Amran mm-hmm. could go I mean obviously she's got Varian and stuff but like you know she doesn't she can't be second anymore in the court because she's like just normal now well she has her wisdom she has her crankiness yeah and her wisdom <laughs> But I, I don't I think they're gonna keep them connected, Lucia, because like you know the the like uh we can help people vibe like I don't think Ryzen is gonna be happy to let people suffer anywhere. I think it's gonna take all of a court of or a court of people and all of the good people in Crescent City and that uh hell demon number five if we can find him again and it's gonna take all of them to combat Indeed. the Asteri Asterix, Astro, you know what I mean. The Astro Boys. The Astro Boys, yeah. Like, it's going to take an ensemble cast of all of our favourites to to take those down. Mm -hmm. And I just hope that Hunt somehow gets killed because I don't like him, so. Whoa. (laughs) Controversial. (laughs) I see what you're saying, but... Crescent City is supposed to be a trilogy, so technically the next book is supposed to be the last book. I don't see how Maybe that's... it's going to be a trilogy in Akutar sense of, like, it's a trilogy, but not really, like, the story keeps rolling. Maybe. Unless, yeah, they all just exit and go to the winter, then the quarter night. 
Yeah, because I don't know, because the book is supposed to be as long as the previous books. It's not longer, so it's like 800-ish pages. So I'm just thinking, how is she going to manage to deal with Bryce being in Prithian and take her back to Crescent City and free Hunt and Rune and everyone and deal with the Asteri all in 800 pages? You know, I think it's going to be jam-packed full of action. I think so. Yeah, maybe... No Tower of Dawn nonsense. No, no Tower of Dawn. An editor this time, that would make all the difference. Someone who gets her to cut out the fat and just leave the good stuff. Maybe, yeah. Well, it'll certainly be interesting. I am looking forward to it. Yeah, we should do like a were we right or were we wrong like a year from now when we have the answers. That will be quite funny. (laughs) Yeah. We should have been writing these down because I did not write them down, so... (laughs) We're literally recording. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> it's too early in the morning, Marie. I haven't had my coffee, okay? <laughs> if only there was a way to look back a year from now. <laughs> if only there was a record of it somewhere. <laughs> I know. What a shame. Uh, well, on that note, is there... <laughs> Anything else that you want to say about Akatara or Crescent City or Sarah J. Mass or anything? Mm, no, I think, you know, it's it's all been said extensively. Excellent. She's a real one. Mm, she's a good one. Look forward to seeing where she's going to take everything. Jess, is there anything, yeah. any final thoughts? I don't think so. I mean, we're going to continue. So if I have any thoughts, they'll come out in the future. Yeah. Because, Maria, I, I don't know if Jess told you, but we're we're diving mm. deep into Crescent City after this. I heard. Are you? Do you want to join us? Half consider it. Mm. You could join us on random episodes if you want. Yeah, we could talk about this after, uh, after the wrap-up. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, well then, in that case... Let's leave off here and a massive thank you ladies for taking this on with me. I know it was a really big project and and look, we we made it to the end. So thanks thanks really, really a lot for for doing this with me. And I may see you, Maria, for Crescent City, but I'll definitely see Jess for Crescent City. So until next time... Keep reading good books. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about us and the podcast, visit our website at readingmaterialspodcast.com. We also publish additional content, including blog posts around the world of books and our thoughts on the topic. If you'd like to get in touch, email us at reading.materials.podcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at readingmaterialspod. Until next time, keep reading.